Welcome to episode 612 of the Leadcast Podcast. I am your host, Colton Blue Basket Sweat, and joining me is Aiden Rockart. Hey, how's it going? And not Nick Cooper. Uh, it's going pretty good, Aiden. Uh, on this week's show, we've got a whole bunch of good stuff for you guys. Uh, we're going to get some Leadcast news, update on trivia, uh, not too much by way of new news. But we've got a couple little uh, guaranteed guffaws we might discuss. Uh, obviously, lots to talk about in competitive league with worlds going on. Uh, we've got roundtable and then a whole bunch of emails from you guys. We're going to try and get caught up from last week. But before we do that, Aiden, how's your week? Mike was good. I don't know if I played League other than, oh, I, get, I didn't add this to the news, but top of the show news, um, you can get your accounts back from fucking Singapore now. Uh, so if you if Huge. you did that, uh, you can now <laughs> spend like 25 bucks or whatever to fucking transfer it back, um, which is, I mean, it sounds expensive, but like in reality, if you did it and then you got every single champion, uh, that's a pretty fucking good deal. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was like 20, 25. If it, if it is $25 for the transfer, it's like $25 for every character yeah so i did it on my uh third smurf account um so i have every character on that back on my uh, main account or back on na now and i also have a level five account on singapore that i uh, have every account on so i'm gonna every champion on so i'm gonna level that uh, at some point so it's just nice having legitimate accounts uh that like are legitimately yours and you didn't acquire from uh <laughs> nefarious <laughs> like nefarious uh ways you know what I mean? yeah for sure it's it's almost like Riot should just let you purchase a, an alternate account for $20 that has the same yeah. stuff unlocked. That'd no, for sure. Cool. Like, it, it's just, it's ridiculous that they don't. Um, but either way, I got those back. Some I've been playing, like, my daily, like, win of the day for my fellow 5 account. Uh, I think what I'm going to do on it, and I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, is one split... I don't know if it's going to be next split. Uh, we'll see if it's next split or not. Uh, I want to win a game on every single champion in ranked. Yeah. And I, that's something I can now do because I have like a fresh account that has every character. <laughs> What's funny is that I do that challenge every year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know, it's just like cool. So I'm, I'm going to figure out how, how I want to do it. But I, that's something I want to do at some point. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to taking those back over. Um, like since we've been doing the mid challenge, which, uh, you know, didn't hasn't been going super great. But like I, I also want to like do a you know top only account like 80 carry only account um so having those back will be nice as like grinding even even on my mid only account which i now have like probably 200 some games on i still don't have all the mid characters let alone all the characters oh yeah you acquire characters so fucking slow it's crazy it's wild yeah um but anyways, yeah, I'm very excited for that. Uh, very, very cool. Um, outside of that, um, I've been playing like Disco Elysium, like some more. The game's so fucking sick. But I, I probably won't talk about it until I like fully finish it. Um, I also want to talk to Nick about it, but he has. I don't even think he started. He's just been crazy busy. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I feel bad for him. But yeah, he's uh, been very, very busy with work. Other than that, not too much. What about yourself? Uh, I have been playing League of Legends. Your boy hit masters. Boy, 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 boy. 
Uh, I have been, obviously, I talked about last show, playing a lot of Senna. Uh, I think my last two games were as jungle, though, which feels nice when, like, you're, you know, still winning on, like, not a one-trick. Feels like, I, I guess, in at least in my head, as someone who's always avoided one-tricking characters, it's like, oh, yeah, like, I actually am this rank. I'm not just, like, inflated because X. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, like, Master is zero points. I haven't played a whole lot because I, I wanted to make sure there was at least one podcast where I was Masters before I probably throw it away. <laughs> um played a couple games on my mid account which is now down to like emerald three uh did not go particularly well i know earlier in the week i think i played like three games one night thinking they were ranked but i just played like three normal games like <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> and i was so sad because i think i went like two and one and, and i like realized in the third game i was like man oh fuck none of these were ranked <laughs> I remember, like, years ago, I played a fucking heater duo queue game. This is when, like, I was, like, barely a diamond player, and we played, like, a... We were, like, peaking D2, me and Trevor, and we were duoing. Uh, we played, like, a 50-minute fucking heater. Um, and then I, like, at the end of the game, I'm like, dude, this game's, like, fucked. Like, some people, like, seem like they're shit. And I look it up, and it's, like, just random ranks. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And that's the thing, is those games are very, like... It's, it's wild, because you're like, oh... Why is like my top laner playing like he's bronze, but my AD carry playing like he's emerald? Oh, it's because it's they are. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah, I've also been playing some uh, TFT, both solo and some double up with Quinn. It's been going pretty well. It's uh, there was just like a pretty significant patch, I, I think that like really turned on there was one comp where like you would see it like three t at least three people playing it every game uh which i feel like at that point it's that comp is probably overtuned. um seems more balanced now there's definitely some frustrating stuff with this set but i feel like every set comes with like some things that are really fun and some things that are really frustrating um but yeah i think that's about it for me at leagues pretty much all i've been playing so we'll uh move things along into league cast news what have you got for us uh only a big thing is uh trivia has come to an end uh everyone has fucking submit we've have we have questions for 165 characters now um so thank you to everyone who submitted questions i am going to do the random draw right now i meant to do it before the show but i will quickly uh so the actual winner sorry drum roll please Bum, ba, da, ba. is 111 which is uh dratari's dratari's yeah i will get in contact with the dratari's yeah he submitted like 35 so it's a pretty good chance that he would <laughs> uh so i'll get in touch with you all right um so yeah that's it for league cast news in terms of actual new news league of legends news not a whole lot going on that i'm aware of outside of like you mentioned uh, account transfers for Singapore server are now available. Um, so I guess do we want to head into guaranteed guffaw? Yeah, we have some Nico stuff to talk about. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, and it's still not fully fleshed out, but uh, we, we're kind of low on stuff to talk about. So <laughs> we're going to talk about Nico um, because she's fucked. Can we just can we just agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I can agree. I'll agree with you. 
so I've been wanting to talk to her, talk to about her for a while because I think there's lots of things people don't know what you can do and what you can do against her. Uh, first of all, uh, she's pretty fucking strong, right? She's like an insane mid laner, like pick ban. No, you're not pick ban. Like really like high pick percentage at pro play um, because of a lot of gross things she can do. She's also really really insane as support. Um, you'll see people like Dog Lightning, who is like a Nico support player. Uh, he usually is like what like low master, mid master sort of thing. He's like high challenger right now um meaning nico support because like there's a billion things you can do um i guess we can start getting into it um i just want to talk about a bunch of mechanics is like the reality because she, she's just so fucked man uh i'll just quickly talk yeah, about the one yeah, support mechanic like, and then we can get into like the mid ones which are like way more obvious yeah and maybe even before i want to like preface this conversation where this is one of those characters where like seeing this list it's like it almost feels like not League of Legends, where it's like you can do so many of these extra things that, like, from my perspective, it's like those just shouldn't be in the game because, like, that's too much. And it's not even like a level of like it, it is champion mastery, but it's not like good champion mastery. It's like, do you know how to exploit this one interaction that shouldn't probably exist? If not, you're playing the character suboptimally. It feels like a lot of this will be removed at some point. Um, yeah. It's crazy to me that it's not, that. like, like banned, right? Like, we're seeing a little bit of it at Worlds. Um, some of it's, like, a little niche to do. But, like, the fact that it's, like, being done at Worlds means it's, like, not, like, an exploit in Riot's eyes, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so go tell us some of these wild mechanics that exist with Nico and only Nico. Yeah, so I'll start with the one support mechanic, because this is before I started looking into everything else. Uh, I noticed that she's, like, getting really high win rate at support. Very niche pick, obviously low uh, per pick percentage, so obviously it's, like, Nico one-tricks playing her and stuff. But, like, one thing I always saw people doing as Nico support is uh, you can make, first of all, you can send out her clone, you can change directions. That's, like, the big change with, like, the, the rework, right? So one thing you'll see is you can send out a clone, you can send it through, like, three different bushes, and it's just something that can, like, scout bushes. That's insane as a support tool, but that's that's completely normal in her kit. One thing that I think is fucked in her kit is that, so it, she, she mim her clone mimics whatever you do, right? So... One of the things you can do is you can throw out your clone and then click the back button. You can click a recall and your clone will recall. Your clone usually lasts, what, like four seconds, something like that. It lasts the entire fucking recall duration if you make it recall. So you can do a ton of things like you can send your clone into a bush and have it recall. Um, so it's like a eight second ward, right? It's like a very short like ward. You can have it. This is the biggest thing for Nico support is you have it hold waves for you. Like a, a huge thing at like high elo for uh, like bottom lane is you try to hold waves your AD carry if they're not in lane. Um, um, Nico can just send out her clone, have it recall in the middle of the lane, and it holds the fucking wave without using her health as a resource because it's her clone. Like, that's so crazy to me that it lasts, like, over the duration of it, like, that it should because you're recalling with it. Yeah. That's... It's, it's, a, it's weird. It's, it's a cr Dude, like, that alone, I'm like, damn, that, that's an insane Nico, like, tech by itself. <laughs> yeah, and it's... I don't know, again, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I think that they should remove that interaction because that ability, I think, yeah, it's like something like four seconds up to then like eight or 12 if it finishes the whole recall. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, no, it just it increases the strength of that ability so, so much where it's like, what if after I used Swain W to like vision check Baron and then if I typed in a, like a four digit quick time event the, the the vision just stayed for 10 seconds longer <laughs> it's, it's right crazy. like that just it's it's, it's just a rule that it feels like like a lot of these are going to be like oh it just feels like it's breaking rules of the game 
But anyways, yeah, like, yeah, right. Like, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna use another example. It's the exact same thing. It's like if 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 I use Hawkshot, but immediately after I cast it, if I level it up, now the Hawkshot lasts for a minute. Like they would patch that. They would fix it. Yeah, and a lot of these will, I think, might get patched at some point, especially, like, the crazy ones. Um, so we're going to keep going through them. Um, so one thing that I think is popular, popularized, like, all the crazies you can, get shit you can do with Nico is watching Caps versus BLG, um, G2 versus BLG at Worlds, where Caps, as a level 5 Nico, turns into the cannon minion during a dive, take, uh, takes, uh, sorry, um, has the cannon minion stored, takes aggro, swaps to a minion before the tower hits him and breaks it so, like, you can't, like turn into stuff um and as a siege minion you take reduced damage from tower and you take uh what 15 percent damage or whatever it's like in the passive of cannon minions is that they take like 15 percent tower damage per shot um so as a level five nico he's allowed to tank like six tower shots for a like a dive which <laughs> it's like what the fuck Ah. Uh. It's like, I don't know, it just feels like, once again, like, I understand why it works that way, but it feels like it shouldn't, right? It feels like you should not mm-hmm. have the ability to <laughs> turn into a cannon minion so you can dive for four times the length that you normally could as a level 5 character. Um, yeah, that's, and it's odd to me, like, I get why they give you the stats of the thing you're yeah. copying, kind of, but like... Why not just leave her with her actual stats, right? It like, feels like it should probably like just like she doesn't break get it those if you hit it, right? Yeah, it's it's so weird. But go go on, tell us even more dumb stuff so, Nico can do. There's one that's super niche for jungling, but if you look at uh, jungle Nico clears, the way that her optimal clear is, and this is really funny actually, is you solo start red. Um, but what you do is, as minions are coming down mid lane, you tr- you uh, store a melee minion. Um, and then you Q red immediately turn into a melee minion because melee minions have 1.25 attack speed. Um, so while your Q is on cooldown, you just melee attack it at like double your normal attack speed. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's wild. Like <laughs> of so these, that one I'm I'm more okay with that one. But I mean, it's affecting it, like it's not affecting other people in the game, which I think makes it feel like the most normal, right? Yeah, and, like, I think as opposed to, like, the other mechanics that are available to her, this is one that exists, I think, for other characters in that a lot of characters have, like, weird shit they can do to optimize their clear that just 99% of people don't do, Yeah, right? Like, you know, it's not, like other characters don't have like weird fringe shit that they can do to 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 get one second off of their full clear yeah um but but nobody else can like walk up and tank six tower shots like that <laughs> yeah, without exactly. like dropping aggro it, it's less game breaking right it doesn't warp how the game mm-hmm. is like played um the next one where we start interacting with characters is where i think it starts to get like wacky and this is something that's showcased a little bit by palafox i know it wasn't by pal it was uh apa uh from team liquid he showcased a little bit of this so one thing that you can do on nico is you can store a minion or whatever and you can dodge abilities, right? Because minions don't hit by a certain ability. So if an Ash throws an arrow at you, you can have your um, like F three or whatever bound to like your your middle your turn into like whatever. So you can insta turn into minions to dodge, like say Ash arrow, um, which I think that's more of a cool mechanic than like a game breaking mechanic. But like it is weird, right? That you can 
you have like a it feels like it's another ability i guess right and when it's really just a part of your passive <laughs> and yes yeah. you also have to have it stored right so like it's not as easy as it sounds because you can't just perma have like minion stored. You can swap between minion and Nico, right? If you turn into a minion and then once you turn out of a minion, you have to restore another minion as like your glamour, right? So like it feels like there is some level of setup for it, but like, dude, that's it, it's super feasible to do like constantly in a game. Yeah, and and again, like the the potential strength of it is so high. Yeah, for sure. Right, where it's like other other characters, that's like just an entire one of their actual abilities and like uh, probably a pretty okay ability oh, right? Yeah. Like that. right you know in, in this instance let's say against Ashholt, like th that's just straight up letting you like dodge or spell shield to spell right it's like that's just all sivir e does yeah yeah and it does require setup but like it does feel like yeah it's it, it's way too strong for a passive thing right um but what gets crazier is not thinking about, like, oh, you can dodge. There's very few abilities that, like... I mean, there's a lot of abilities that don't hit minions, but, like, there, it's still going to be niche cases that you can use it. What is more common that you can use is reducing abilities. There's a lot of abilities in the game that do less damage to minions or hit uh, champions harder. Um, the one example that I was thinking of is, like, man, play, play her into Vlad, store a minion whenever you can, and every single time he goes for Empowered Q, you turn into a minion. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, and it just doesn't heal. He him gets he gets thirty three percent effectiveness. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he, I guess there's a game where he can like try to bait out the fact that you're gonna turn two minion. But like, I feel like Vlad shouldn't have to fucking worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I one thing that I'm really wondering how it would work is if you were like under Pike Alt threshold, but you transformed into a minion, would mm. it still kill you? And I think it it would i think it would as well i hope it would <laughs> I, I i believe it would as well um yeah but uh, yeah no it's having to think about those that was what i was trying to get to at the beginning is like nico players shouldn't have to think about this kind of weird stuff nor should people playing against nico have to worry like man i can't ash ult the nico because she might turn into a minion yeah and you can't see like, what she has stored either right it's not like you can like, I guess you can see her turn into a minion, then turn out of a minion, then you know that she can't store it until she stands by a minion for a second. Dude, no one's fucking checking that. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's just way too much. Um, anyways, that's crazy. So here's where it gets fucked, I think. This is where, like, I think it actually, like, is game-breaking, and I think this is at a way higher level, so I don't think this applies to 99.9% .9 of players, but... Yeah, but this is the one that, at that high level, like, will affect every game multiple trades yeah and maybe like i, I think it's going to be hard to stress how important stuff like this is but it is actually like fucking game breaking so one thing you can do is you can store minion right you're in your glamour um throw your q at an enemy while your q's in midair you can hit your like hotkey for turning into a minion and your ability hits after you turn into a minion therefore it doesn't proc any runes right because they're getting hit by a minion so it doesn't proc bone plating it doesn't proc their second win it doesn't proc their doran's region it doesn't proc any of these things and it's just just straight up it damage. doesn't proc 
their runes, but I bet you it still procs Aerie and Scorch. <laughs> I bet you it does. I actually don't know the answer to that. But like, yeah, I, I can almost guarantee you it still procs Aerie and Scorch. And I, I think this is something that like it, this won't affect your fucking like silver gold games. But doing this every single trade or like most of your trades at like a high level is it's fucked. You're like avoiding core runes of the game, like core aspects, like avoiding even just second win Doran's uh, re- Doran's shield regen is insane. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, you, you're you're playing against I don't know like Aurelia or Cassid in mid, and like they go that Starks, they know that you're gonna poke them, and they, they're just 200 health down by like level four because they're never getting that proc. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy, and it's also something that's like um you're the one in control of that fully, right? Because you're throwing your ability and you're turning into the thing. You're not dodging it. Like, they don't have, like, the counterplay. Um, like, it, it's actually just, like, a one-player, I just fucking negate your runes Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> like, like, dude, it's crazy. I, I, I think I went to the most fucked one out of them all. Um, and people are just, like, people are finding finding new stuff like this, like, every day on her character. Like, it's, it's crazy what you can do with her. Um, only other thing I wanted to say was, like, stuff that you can do to counteractor this is where this originally started in my notes like a couple months ago is there's lots of weird things with the tab screen in nico playing against her that is um so one thing i haven't gone fully into customs because i need someone to sit in a custom with me and both of us pretend to be nikos and figure out all the intricacies but one thing that you can do that i know for sure before i like well I'll, we'll do a repeat we'll come back to this at some point in like a couple weeks is um, a lot of people don't know this is if you hit tab, you know how character portraits have like the question mark on them if uh, they're missing on the map. Um, like yeah, and it's lit up if they're seen. Yeah, and it's lit up if they're seen. Uh, so Nico will be lit up if she is visible on the map, even if she's anything, a ward, any other character, um, a wolf, a minion. Uh, she will be lit up, yeah. right? So that's something. That yeah, they were talking about that like on the world's. Broadcast. Oh, were they actually? Like, you, gotta, you gotta, yeah, they gotta. You like, you gotta spam tab. You gotta count your minions and spam tab. Yeah, that that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't fully know, and it's a very useful thing. Um, just especially if like there's like when jungle Maniko is super meta, I thought thought it was like super important. You just constantly look at tab, um, because if she ever appears and you don't see her on the mini map, you know she's just somewhere as like disguised as something. So I feel like that's a very yeah, very and mechanic. The funny thing is, it, it's like almost reverse of like normal right where it's like normally if you don't see them that's when like you should be afraid right it's because you don't know where the jungler is Mm -hmm. yeah but like on this one it's like oh now that we see them i need to be worried because she could be in my lane 200 units away from me (laughs) yeah um uh, i wanted to like go into like a custom to like check up onto this stuff but there used to be like a ton of definitely not intended mechanics where um depending on if she's turned into something and on your screen you could do stuff like uh ping their portrait and it would say what they are or you could um there's a weird there's a weird bug that I'm, I'm pretty sure they patched this one where you could um go to the report screen like you know you can click report uh, in game now um and then when you yeah. tap when you un, like click down on the report or like minimize the report it would show what she is um i think they've patched all those things out but i i still wanted to be sure because i feel like that's stuff that people don't I mean, how how the fuck do you check it, right? Like, other than sitting yeah, in a like, game and yeah. wasting your time trying to figure that out. Testing it is a huge pain. Like, finding a accurate, reliable resource that, that gets updated as they patch stuff is very difficult. What if, Aiden, here's, here's an idea. Yeah. Instead of, you know, fixing all of these things, because that would be hard. Yeah, yeah. What if they just then allowed things that, like, right? She's like, sure currently she gets like the positives of all of these things but like none of the negatives what if she just also got the negatives so like 
if she turns into a cannon minion, you can dematerialize her <laughs> and just kill her. So she does get a lot of the negatives, but you can't, yeah, you can't dematerialize. Can you do? No, you probably just can't cast it on it, right? I would assume. Um, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. But like, for example, like um, like Nunu Q uh, does the full damage to her if she's a minion. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That was the other one I was gonna say is like Nunu Q does full fucking damage. Like I know they work negative. Like like they're ones that are you're never gonna fucking have happen to you because like you'll have to be a minion walking up to a noon, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you're very in control to let the not, the negatives not happen to you. But I they are there. Um. It's just, yeah, they're less crazy. We should be able to dematerialize Nico. Dematerialize. If she, so if she turns into a minion at all during the game, you can dematerialize her for the rest of the game. Yeah. Your team just gets just three key kills on her whenever. Yeah. But hey, you might cast it on the clone. Yeah, I hope that there's somewhere like that compiles like a huge list of all these because I think they're growing. Like, I feel like I only touched on a couple of them, but like, I don't know, man. The fact that like all of this is purely just related to her passive is is fucked right <laughs> like, like that's a lot of power in a passive yeah and it's a lot of power that's like just not going to be accessible to a huge amount of the player base because they're not gonna look up all of these niche interactions and like rebind things to be able to like do a quick swap or whatever like yeah that's a very important thing is like if you're going to try to do any of these i would very much like uh what palafox does or not palafox i keep saying palafox instead of apa what apa does is he binds um uh, it's it's um unique champion interaction three is what it is in your hotkeys you bind that to like tilde or something right so it's like a very easy to reach key that you could do like in the middle of your combo for example yeah it- I don't know, man. Just, just get rid of it. Fix it. Another right? thing it. that I wanted to like test, but I didn't get to. Um, so there was this bug like a couple weeks ago that I haven't seen like any posts about them removing. Um, and it was for Kindred, and then I also saw people talking about it being for Nico, but I couldn't recreate it in my like uh practice tool game. Was so you know how Kindred, if you're in combat, you can't mark someone, right? Yeah. If you use the hotkey champion unique interaction one two three four five you could do it in combat right um so in the middle of combat you could literally like be fighting their top laner and change the mark to their top laner by using uh i think the basic the normal control bind is control shift f1 would be like for their top laner um and that's problematic in my opinion but also if it is possible to do it for nico which i couldn't recreate so maybe they've either patched out or i don't actually understand how to bind it properly Fuck, being able to do all these things we just talked about, but well in combat, is even crazier. <laughs> like, like, her out yeah. of combat time for her passive is only like two seconds or whatever, which is pretty decent. But like, if you can make that zero seconds, that's even crazier. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. And like, I don't know. the Sometimes the, like, the level of, of research you have to do to be able to understand how a thing works in the game like mm-hmm. we've been talking about this for a year it's like i shouldn't have to to test it myself to look these things up to find out why four things that on the surface seem exactly the same work three different ways yeah i mean like it's just once again the, the learning curve for league is just too steep especially with like i mean just the basic part of the game is too steep but then you have like goofy shit like this that like i don't know how you like learn how to play the game if someone's doing this stuff to you <laughs> yeah i don't know uh so yeah that's some some cringe shit you can do on nika i'm gonna say it 
Yeah. I mean, it's all their passive. Like, I her inherent glamour. Yeah. It just feels like it needs to be more refined of what it is, I think, is probably the right term. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Cool. Um, that's Nico. Uh, if we have any updates for stuff you can Nico- do on Nico, or if you guys have any, like, things that you want to tell us that you can do on Nico, I'd love to hear more. It's like, there's no good list anywhere. I was, like, trying to find things, but I kind of had to put it together myself and spend, like, hours in practice still testing these things. Yeah, I'm... I'm sure at some point someone will put together like a YouTube video of all of this. And then when they finally do put in all that effort, it'll get changed a week later. Yeah. I wonder if Afterworlds, if they will patch this. I guess it depends on how much it's being abused, right? I haven't seen people doing the queue into transform to avoid bone plating um, thing. Uh, APA talked about doing that, but I didn't see him actually do it in game. Um, But I saw, we obviously saw the caps turning into a fucking siege minion to tank tower, which... (laughs) I think they might patch. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, anyways, that's Nico. Yeah. Hey, speaking of caps in APA and Palafox, Worlds is, is happening. It's going on. We're through the Swiss stage. We're on to quarters. How much have you watched of uh, of Swiss? I have watched um, like every game up to uh monday october 23rd so the the like current week of games all of those series i haven't watched yet Mm. i'm trying to watch every world's game i'm just obviously you know now now seven best of nine best of threes behind yeah um but feel free tell me tell me what i've missed and what i need to What's been the good ones? Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, I I know NRG made it out yeah. over G two, which was like the big surprise. Yeah. Um. So I guess we could just talk. We'll talk about the teams that made it out, and then we can go back to how they got there. Maybe I think that's probably a good way. So the teams that got yeah, that out, sounds like a good one. Um. Our JDG and Genji got out uh, without dropping games. Uh. Followed by uh BLG um KT uh lng and t1 uh and then we have um nrg and weibo uh as the the final teams who rounded it all out um so yeah <laughs> at a high level for like the way that i think most people did pickums, it was like right one two three for korea and one two three for lpl made it out yeah. Uh, it turned it out to be the lpl seed not the lck seed that also made it out so right all four Chinese teams made out and then one Western team got through, but not the one everyone thought. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. We can talk, we'll talk about that. We'll do that last just cause I think it's the most interesting parts about it. Um, but I think yeah. Swiss was good. Um, it definitely has problems, which I hope we can admit as, as, as healthy individuals. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, this is great. And I think it was fun, but uh, all the things that I talked about for weeks did happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I definitely would say that we lost a team or two that maybe were better. Um, than... What teams would you say didn't get through that maybe should have? I mean, I think both D plus and G2 are probably still better than NRG. Like as much as N- we saw NRG 2-0 G2 really well, like it was fucking, they, they played it really well. Um, I don't know if I believe that NRG is the better team. I hope that when we see Weibo versus NRG, I don't even care if they get 3-0'd, NRG does. Um, I just want them to look somewhat competitive, right? And then I, I will... Are these my are quarters will, best of fives? They're best of fives, yeah. Um, okay. So, like, even if they look slightly competitive in, like, their three games, 
I will lo- I will probably drop the G2 is better than NRG thing. Um, but right now, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... I mean, just the winning, paths are so different, uh, winning, man. Winning a series doesn't necessarily mean you're, like, a better team, right? Like, you could have been a better team on the day or a better team in that series, right? Like, I feel like even, like, looking at, looking at last year's Worlds, I feel like a lot of people still felt that, like, the losing team was the better team. And if they had played, like, five best of fives, things would have gone differently. Yeah, a lot of people say, yeah, if you put if T1... um. Uh, not D plus fuck what's their what was their name uh damon damon samon right yeah uh d plus or damon so. uh fucking uh played 10 series t1 probably would have won like eight of them <laughs> right so yeah uh i don't so know we gotta get we gotta get make finals uh best of three best of fives <laughs> there's a shit post because like there's a lot of like people being like like oh we only want to watch the good teams or whatever right um <laughs> and like I understand that it is fun to watch teams from every like region or whatever, but there was a shit post that was like, I have a new format for worlds. It's a, <laughs> it's just JDG versus Genji and it's a best of like 271. <laughs> 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 it eliminates Honestly, all the shit games. Um, yeah. I mean, right. Like you, you could very much just take top four teams from Korea, top four teams from China and do like a quadruple elimination best of threes bracket. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think I'm, being a little bit dramatic about like this team's better or whatever but like there is some merit to the idea like i guess we'll we'll get into the fucking energy stuff whatever the other teams all look really good we can talk about the matchups in a second um nrg i think their game versus g2 is the best i've ever seen them play ever <laughs> yeah. and which is cool because if they play like that i think they actually have a chance to beat Weibo. um not a good chance i would say i still even if they play like they did against g2 i'd still put it like 60 40 for Weibo um my issue is that people are acting like energy has a is the the favorite now because they played really really well versus g2 when we watched energy lose to Weibo in a pretty decisive fashion we watched energy beat team liquid the team that got eliminated zero three we watched energy have the closest fucking game versus mad lions uh the team that everyone shits on for being awful uh, and got eliminated uh one and three um, and then we watched uh, NRG fucking have a really close game versus, or not close games, have the best games they've ever played in like their lives versus G2. And don't get me wrong, I'm not like trying to take that away. Dude, Energy actually played like the cleanest League of Legends I've ever seen them play. Like it, it's not even like, oh, G2 is shit and like they were, it was like sloppy and there was Baron Seals. No, it was just like they outdrafted them, outplayed them. Uh, everything was fucking clean. Everyone on the team played Yeah, well. like they, they, you know, re- yeah, normally if you play, let's say, like at, at 80% of your capacity, like on that day, they hit 100. You don't hit 100 every day. And maybe, maybe for the rest of this tournament, they play at 100, right? Like that's happened before. There's tons of examples of it in like in League mm-hmm. of Legends and just like in sports in general where, hey, team goes to playoffs and like is just playing out of their minds the whole time. Uh, certainly not saying it's, it's not possible, yeah. but right, like, even NRG at 100 is probably pretty close to Weibo at, like, 80. Yeah. And if, like, Weibo's <laughs> at 90, I don't think it's going to be the, the, particular. <laughs> we, are, we are hearing that, like, Weibo might be fucking running Karsa instead of uh, uh, Zhao Zhao. Zhao Zhao is his account name, I think, their current jungler. Uh, I hope... Wei Wei? Wei Wei? Yeah, it's Wei Wei. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Um, so that's good, because I don't think Karsa's actually better. I think 
Weiwei is just not playing very well. So, like, if they have, like, a sub-jungle, or that would also maybe help them a little bit. But, yeah, it's, it's not to take away from NRG. It's just I think their Swiss run was probably the easiest Swiss run out of any team. Um, and they are now in quarterfinals against probably the next weakest team. Right, like if if they're eighth in quarters, then Weibo's probably seven. Um, so it's doable. It's just the Swiss system definitely has allowed a team that I don't know if it they are top eight to get through, which is very hype and very pog. And it's sick that we now have the first year since 2014 that an NA team has outplaced an EU team, <laughs> which is crazy. Also, the first time since 2014 that uh, a non-Cloud Nine NA team has reached quarterfinals. <laughs> those are both yeah. crazy stats um so yeah, yeah it turns out and he doesn't do very good at worlds normally yeah so it's, it's super fucking high either way i'm like gonna fucking watch the game somewhere i'm so fucking excited um it's just <laughs> i think the swiss system is flawed <laughs> that's all i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah yeah agreed and i think again we, we i talked about this last week where the the swiss system is flawed in that let's say like let's say it's a 16 team tournament right like the 10th or 11th best team might make it to quarters to top eight but right like semis and particularly like finals right like finals is gonna contain team one and two or like one and three yeah right because like you know depending on who you think one and two are i think most people would say right it's it's gen g and jdg yeah are one and two right so like one and two are, are gonna probably make the finals Right, like maybe there's you know an upset and it's you know slightly different, but yeah, we might see the upset or, you know, in, this, like, in, next in years past. Yeah, or like in in years past, we've often seen like the real finals is in the semis, where like team one and two, like let's let's say you think T one is stronger than Gen G, right? Where it's like if JDG and T one you know play in the semis and then you know that's that's one and two and then one and three happens next yeah no for sure but like yeah I, yeah it, it's interesting yeah I don't, I don't think the swiss format's ever gonna like fuck up the actual results of the tournament but it's gonna maybe put a team in quarters that perhaps wasn't the eighth best team and at the end of the day it was fun to watch like that's like probably yeah, the most sick. important factor maybe like if you're a competitor you think otherwise but like as a viewer it's like fuck that was super fun to watch um yeah but yeah, yeah. i think especially at yeah, like very good for uh na hype and na league of legends yeah i hope people don't take it too far though because like i don't think g2 is as bad as people are like thinking uh, also yeah we talked about this like months ago dude negativity and like on teams losing is crazy like dude if you lose a game dude <laughs> people are nasty <laughs> dude. Mm-hmm. like i think we mentioned it last week where it's like the NRG uh mad game dude fucking uh, energy won that game and mad got fucking lampooned but dude that game was so close that if energy like loses instead they get lampooned and it's like <laughs> you could just yeah not how negative. could you possibly have ever lost that game i'm silver and i would have won from that position <laughs> yeah um uh, i don't know either way i would really recommend if you guys if you guys don't watch competitive league of legends please do go watch the nrg g2 series it was fucking awesome um only other yeah. thing i want to talk about swiss before we move on to the actual quarterfinals is uh i talked about this a while ago i was, I was giving these theories these like crazy like brackets that like oh my god one team can go, go through such a hard bracket we had the team it was kt <laughs> um kt did make it through but 
here's the run. They lost to uh, BLG, who most people consider like the third best team at the tournament. Um, so the, then they were like zero one, and then in their zero run one match, they had to play against D plus. Um, who they beat, who most people consider like the eighth best team at the tournament. Um, <laughs> and then in their, their one, one stage, they had to play against Weibo, who most people consider like the seventh best team at the tournament. Um, and then in their, um, uh, two, one stage, they had to play a best of three against LNG, who most people consider like the fourth best team at the tournament. <laughs> and then in their two, two stage, they had to play against D plus again. Uh, they had to play against only, uh, top eight plus teams, uh, only Eastern teams, um, whereas NRG obviously had to only play against Western teams, and that's the issue with Swiss. Um, lots of things yeah. that I hope we change, but like I'm glad KT made it through because holy fuck, did they have the hardest bracket I've ever seen? <laughs> yeah, that would have been really sad if they if they hadn't made it out. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I'm excited. I'm a KT fan, so very nice to see. Yeah. Uh, just um, quickly. So on to knockout stage. Yeah. Uh, we've got Genji against BLG. Uh, I think the prevailing favorite there is genji i think it's the closest match out of all of the actually the t1 lng match is close but i i think blg can take this match i think blg is like definitely the third best team at the tournament <laughs> yeah um we've also got uh energy weibo like we were just talking about mm -hmm. i feel like most people are pretty heavy uh favorite to weibo and a lot of people are you know bandwagon very NRG. excited yeah play at 110 let's fucking do it which hey all for him i'm gonna hopefully enjoy my 10 points and pick up by not <laughs> doing that <laughs> um we've got jdg versus kt rolster uh continuing kt rolsters trend this tournament <laughs> they are uh playing against the tournament favorite uh isn't that fucked man <laughs> winner. yeah that's that's wild they're getting What's what's really funny to me is like if NRG does upset Weibo and like KT Rolster probably loses to JDG, mm -hmm. right? Like KT Rolster is gonna place lower than NRG in this tournament after defeating like <laughs> so many better teams. Just win though. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I think that one, uh, at least statistics wise, is one of the more favorite I think oh, yeah, Gen G over BLG is the biggest favorite. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, uh, at 94.5% of people pick Genji over BLG, 93% pick JDG over KT Rolster, and final is N uh, LNG versus T1. Uh, T1's at 88% the favorite. I think it's probably a closer match than that, but I think T1's got a lot more fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, very exciting. And I'm one of them. Uh, definitely going to watch the matches. Very excited. Uh, it's also probably the best draw we could have got, I think. Um, the only, like, kind of snoozer matches, obviously, not snoozer because people are very excited, is NRG versus Weibo, but, like, the other matches are all fucking bangers. Like, they're all going to be good to watch. <laughs> no, like... Yeah, they're, they're going to be good, and the best teams at the tournament, I think... Like, we're, we're not going to get the real finals was in the semis, I, I don't think. Yeah, no Civil Wars either, which is nice, which is always good to see, so. Yeah, that, that's another, yeah, all of these are not, there, there are no domestic matches here mm -hmm. in the first round of quarters, whereas, like, day two of Swiss, I think, was, like, 90% domestic matches. Yeah, we're very lucky we didn't get any more of, like, that in uh, the Swiss stage, because I was, like, a little sad that one day. Yeah, so I think the only... Right, we're going to probably see 
Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see any domestic matches in all of knockouts, right? Because like if if favorites if win, they twin, yeah, right, yeah, like semifinals is going to be Genji, Weibo, and JDG T1, um, and then like unless Weibo upsets or T1 upsets, finals is going to be LEC one or LCK one versus LC uh, LPL one. Yeah, I think the only uh, domestic game we might see is I think LNG actually probably will beat t1 that's like my like, uh, like is that what you picked in your yeah pick-ums? i think lng is really good um i also think just lpl teams are better right now but it, honestly t1 looked the fact that t one's now playing fucking santa tom gives me a lot of confidence because santa tom's fucking broken um Hell and carrie yeah. also can't fucking int if he's playing tom <laughs> so, um uh either way i'm very excited policy. but that's the one that i think which isn't a big deal because fucking so the reason why i don't think it's a big deal if lng wins is lng's like the team that fucking can beat JDG. So, uh, it's the fun part, so. Yeah, it also gives us a potential for LNG to, like, upset T1, upset JDG, JDG and then, like, upset Dude, that'd be the sick. fucking tournament. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be, a, that'd be a wild run. Yeah, cool. But I'm I'm out here holding out hope for T1 to take the whole thing. Yeah, they looked a lot better in their last day. I thought they looked like shit all tournament until, like, their last day. So, they look good then, so that's all that matters. Yeah. All right, so that's all we have for Worlds. We're going to hop into the roundtable. Yeah, so last week's question was, what what pro team has the best merch, logo, jersey, etc.? From our Discord, we got one from Everbrook. Uh, they said, favorite jersey is probably Kingzone Dragon X 2019. Favorite logo is uh, OMG. Yeah, the fucking uh, Dragon X fucking jacket. Like, it reminds me of, like, old StarCraft jackets. Um, like, <laughs> it's so fucking sick. Uh, cool. And then last one from our Discord that I pulled. Um, this one's actually great because I think this is this is like a jersey type that's used all the time, but I think it's the best looking one. Is um, he says best logo has to always be Cloud Nine from a graphic uh, design point. It's just perfect. The best merch in terms of closing is, uh, has to be G two this year. I mean, look at that jersey. Pinstripes says zero three. Uh, it's like so. It, it is a very basic jersey. A lot of people are like, man, this is just a baseball jersey. But I do think baseball jerseys look so much better than like the fucking typical like jerseys that we have like. Uh, I know uh, 100 Thieves had like a baseball jersey a couple seasons ago um, and that one looks fucking sick too I, lo- I like baseball jerseys uh, they're cool yeah right like and I think I'll be like things become trends and like tropes because they're pretty good for the most part yeah like the, the reason it's used so often or like reused so often is because it's it's pretty good yeah <laughs> Or at least in a lot of cases. Cool. Next week's question, or yeah, next week's roundtable, or this week's roundtable question. Uh, <laughs> that confused me. Um, if you could, if you could have one champion's ability to help you in your job, what would you choose and why? This is really tough. <laughs> like, I feel like people who have more physical jobs, like this is such a good question and like interesting answers for but i'm like what would help me in a meeting like what would help me type numbers into a computer yeah i was um, thinking like it's kind of generic but like any any character who has like a, a clone like shako clone yeah. nico passive wukong clone wukong clones like less it doesn't really do anything um but <laughs> the idea of just having like an extra one of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah um God, I can't like Tom Kenjol. You can eat your lunch quicker, so you can get back to work. Ooh, very, very useful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, I would probably go with like 
it, it seems like cheating, but just like TF alt, so I can just like Ooh. be places. So rather than like having these like phone calls and like Zoom meetings, I can just like be in the room and ask the question. Yeah. Or, like when I'm trying to have a conversation with somebody at like you know we have like locations that are you know obviously farther away. It's like I can just, I can be there. Yeah, that's actually sick. Yeah. No more, no more Zoom meetings. I'm just gonna show up in your office halfway across the country. <laughs> That's sick. Uh, cool. If you want to let us know what uh, champion ability you would like to have help you with your job, you can hit us up on our Twitter at Leakcast. Send us an email, mail at leakcastpodcast.com, or come into our Discord and post in our roundtable section. That's discord.gg/leakcast. All right, we're on into mail fight. First email here is from Dippy. Also, just, says, I am, just context from last week, we have a bunch of emails here that are all referencing an email from two weeks ago, uh, which was kind of talking about, like, League of Legends and communication and Riot's approach to maybe dampening communication because people are mean, but maybe we need to grow a thicker skin. That's kind of the gist of all of these. Um, also, probably after this week, won't accept more to add on to this just because uh, we have, like, 10 here. <laughs> <laughs> about this topic but uh we can always yeah. like have a discussion this court after this week about this yeah absolutely uh so first of these i suppose is from dippy he says i am told in chat you need thicker skin the real world isn't nice either uh, i reject this it is not my responsibility to change myself to grant you the ability to be rude to me without consequence it is your responsibility to not be a dirtbag to anyone around you if you want to share in public spaces, I will not accept injury for the benefit of those who wish to cause pain. I don't care why you're grumpy. You can't lash out without impunity or with impunity. I think that's a good thing to say. I think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. And, and, and I definitely agree. Like the, the, the core point of this is like the burden, it shouldn't be on me to accept your bad behavior. It should be on you to improve your bad behavior. Yeah, exactly. Right, like if I come up and I start smacking Aiden on the back of the head, I and Kennedy saw this, one, she would laugh, but she probably wouldn't blame Aiden for not, like, being quick enough to dodge me. She'd probably be like, hey, Colton, stop smacking him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, next is from Irish Witch, and they said, to say Riot is a liberal company, company is a serious misinterpretation of the world. Riot Games is a company that wants to make money. There are certain practices, policies, and products that are tied into... Tried and tested just to make sure that a com- just to make a company more money, and that is what Riot likes to do. Uh, having outwardly outwardly liberal politics is good for business because uh, more people are LGBT or support LGBT rights than don't, and will get excited about rel- uh, rel- uh, related merchandise. I hate to get into politics here, but uh, conservative conservative politics are larger largely reactionary, which to say it, it's a negative reaction to whatever uh, progressives have said they want. It's a very hard it's very hard to create merchandise for an ideology that is most often opposition to something else, and any merchandise that they could think of against up up for it. Sorry, think up for against would just be literally hateful, which is terrible for branding. Uh, and you'll find across the board that each uh, position they, uh, they could have will do better with sales and employee retention if they side with liberals outwardly. Uh, it's just the free market. Maybe the CEO, CEO gags every June, but uh, he stops gagging when he sees the numbers. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but I also think that, like, I, I do agree that, like, profit drives any company, like, fucking walt disney you know what i mean obviously like like uh 
silences a lot of like left things um, in certain markets because it's just profit driven um, where they're very outwardly like supportive in Western markets because that's how profits work. That being said, I do think that the online gaming space is very left overall um, and therefore I think a lot of employees especially in like uh, like U.S. riot offices are probably also very left right and I think that's a another way to interpret that like a riot being a liberal company yeah maybe the company yeah. is not left or like uh, is very profit driven rather than being like a very left company um, but I think a lot of I would say the majority of people who work there are very left and I think that's yeah. another way to interpret what Cole, I think you were the one who was talking about that last week. <laughs> or yeah, so. in that, I, I, I think in this email, it's a lot of like both of these things can be true. Where I certainly agree that like as a large corporate entity, siding with like the liberals and these things like is going to probably make you more money via merch and like support for your product regardless of if the person like pushing that agenda at a corporate level agrees with it or not um and i, and I think we see a ton of companies that do this where it's like you know in june oh we're gonna have all of this pride merch and support and put on commercials but like if you look at the way they interact with those groups of people outside of that month it it doesn't line up uh, i also think what you're saying is true and that, that if you took like a survey of all u.s riot employees and had them like identify right do you, do you consider yourself like liberal or conservative that ratio is probably skewed higher than like the average u.s workplace yes. um right and like also just depending on the locations right where like most right offices are in big cities which typically are going to be skewed more heavily towards liberal viewpoints like they obviously have like offices in la and san francisco where it's again like you're going to see more liberal politics typically. Um, you know, if you did that cross-section at different levels of the employee base, right, like their entry level versus their executives, those breakdowns might be different. Uh, you know, we don't have any of that data there to say one way or another. Um, but I, I agree with your point, uh, Irish Witch, that just because you, you know, put out the rainbow flags and sell pride merch doesn't mean that necessarily you're a liberal company or that that's the viewpoint. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, you know, a company is just a grouping of people. So the company doesn't have a political stance, <laughs> yeah. um, right? Like the, there's a group of directors who can make the company uh, apply resources one way or another, but you know, that's yeah, for sure. It's a whole, whole mess of stuff. Um, next email is from U of L Bird Esquire. Hey y'all, quick note regarding the ongoing discussion on communication changes and overall goals from Riot. In agreement with your comments from the most recent, uh, that was 1018, so yeah, two weeks ago, episode focusing on the soft or sensitive feelings of the player base misses the point, and I'm happy that Riot keeps moving in the right direction on reducing toxicity in League. In short, fun things should be fun. Dealing with constant aggressive negative communication is just not fun. Very brief context, I am a litigation attorney. My job requires constant conflict. Once a week, someone will yell in my face, insult me personally, or otherwise do something that would draw an emotional response out of most people. I have a thick skin and it's my job. While it's very stressful to, deal, to do it well, aggressive communication has no emotional impact on me. But this is a job, not a fun activity. Hot take, in contrast, I personally like my fun activities to be fun. <laughs> I tried League, 
uh, back in 2013. I stopped playing after a few months only because of the constant negative chat, which just made what should have been a fun competition weirdly personal and stressful. <clears throat> Excuse me. I started again in 2020 with close friends, turned off chat, and muted pings at the first sign that the pings were being uh, showing someone is pouting or mad at a teammate. We've had an absolute blast for three years and also slowly improved through constructive feedback. My point is this, even though I'm personally not easy to offend, the toxic communication in game has just turned me off of using it at all. I had to essentially remove communication altogether to enjoy it, right? It's not wrong to note that it is a problem. They want their game to be fun. Toxic communication is not fun. Keep up the great pod, uh, UFL bird. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's good for hobbies to be a fun thing. I I, I hope not not too many people who listen to us think otherwise. <laughs> you know what I mean? People just want to <laughs> yeah, like enjoy stuff. <laughs> we definitely agree. Fun things should be fun. Um, and, and I think the only like uh, argument we have like against some of these systems is that like some of the restrictions to limit toxicity also limit your ability to communicate just period like you know information in a good way that you're trying to win the game with your team and like not be toxic um but again if you take away something that 99 percent of the time is being used for you know wrongdoing then one percent of the time is used for good like it's probably okay to take that thing away <laughs> yeah for sure um awesome thank you Next one's from Zill. Um, Howdy, boys. I recently made it to Emerald after falling to Gold 4, and I have a few observations for you. I took your advice where you talked about agency, being the quarterback for your team, and taking the importance of impacting the early game as a mid laner. I play late game scaler, so I tended to take scaling runes, but after listening to the episode, I tried taking early game runes in hope, hoping, hopes of smashing early on, and I was met with some success, with Tebow in particular. Um, number two, Briar's release really messed up my climb. That spot where I dropped a gold corresponds with uh, that in uh, in with that and in more than half of my losses. Uh, it was uh, when I had a Briar jungle on my team. <laughs> That's funny. Um, number three, it seems like people who are struggling with rank al ranked always blame their teammates. Well, people who are climbing tend to say uh, things like, it's your fault if you aren't climbing uh, to those who ask f when asked for advice. It is there some sort of middle ground here? It seems like it's really bad to say it uh, to people who are trying and doesn't f feel totally true from my experience and not just the prior thing. Uh, for example, at my last hit of my climb, I carried pretty much hard. I carried, got carried pretty hard three games um, with the enemy team commenting on the final game that they couldn't believe that they got beat by such a bad reliance that hurts. Um, that never uh, happened until I got to plat one or two. So, uh, like, my teammates did get better. Uh, and while that's not entirely why I'm Emerald, it feels partially true. What do you think? Please discuss. Um, sounds like we have a lot to unpack here. Uh, first of all, congratulations. I see that you're now, like, Emerald 2, which is amazing. You're almost Diamond. Very, very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry for you that you caught the bad end of Briar and not the <laughs> yeah. 1,000 ELO inflated end of Briar. Um, I, I do just want to like the first point like is more just like commentary but I do want to say that I also think that the the anti-snowballing change I said this in his um op.gg review uh or uh, their op.gg review um that uh I think the extended game length through the anti-snowballing change um has very much helped uh their play style uh because they play a soul they play 
AP Teemo. They play Zillion. Um, and guess what? Getting an extra five minutes on game time for all those characters has probably really helped them, I think. But yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, they, they perform a lot better in those later portions. Um, so in terms of, I mean, do we want to go straight to kind of number three? Yeah. Number two is um, kind of just like, yeah, I do feel that sometimes. Sometimes you just get a, like a bad string of games where it's like, fuck, dude, I got fucked based on this or whatever it is, whether it's like playing against an OP, like three games in a row or whatever. Like if you played against like the, the post patch Cassante and you lost three games, you're like, man, Riot just took my LP. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um but but again i mean like a, a lot of times you get the other side of that as well where like maybe a week later you get three games with Cassante. yeah um and, and i think that you know we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in more depth but but ultimately to point three where it's like if if you aren't climbing it's you what comes down to is like over a large enough number of games like you getting carried versus like you getting hard stomped by a smurf having an afk having an inter like the enemy team having an ak if ak or an inter like all of those things average out to the point where it's like the only difference is what you're doing in all of those games you're the only constant in all of those games um so certainly you can lose a game where you played the best out of all 10 players on a rift but unfortunately two through six were on the enemy team yeah certainly that can also happen where one through four were on your team and you played the worst in the game but you still win that game but in the terms of like your climb over a season if you're consistently playing 10th you're gonna drop and if you're consistently playing first you're gonna climb and if you're usually around like four or five you're gonna climb slowly yeah for right sure. and like th that's you know it's it's really tough because yeah like individual games can really inform like how you're currently feeling um you know last week i had i think three games in a row was just like hard like 12 15 plus death top laners and i'm like man unplayable but it's like i also had games later on that week where it's like man i have 12 deaths but we still won like happens on both sides of it yeah it's very easy to like look for reasons why you lost i mean i think every single league of legends player does that um it's just good to like take a step back um and i do agree with like your your point that it's probably not the most helpful thing to tell someone who's like maybe tilted and is on a loss streak that like it's their fault that they're not climbing <laughs> that's it seems like it's not great yeah um but like they're i think as an individual if you take a step back you can usually identify that that there's things that you could have done better um and that maybe could have won you some games right yeah and again like it doesn't help in the short term of like you know why why did i lose last game it's like yeah the, the answer certainly could just be your top laner ran it that's why you lost last game um and the, you know what could you have done differently it's like there's not a whole lot i mean probably there's a, you know smaller things but again we're not talking about you know in terms of like your games today your games this week but if you look at it at a much larger scale of like over the course of a hundred games that's where that you know you being the only factor that matter becomes a lot more true yeah i mean so i've been using like in my games i know i haven't played like that many this week um but like previous weeks i've been using that thing i've been telling 80 carry players which seems like a toxic thing but I, I promise it's actually from a good place is like could have could guma yushi have carried this game right could 
Viper have carried this game sort of thing, right? These like top of their class players. Um, And I've started applying that to like myself, right? Like when I lose like a game and maybe I think I played pretty well, but like my team didn't play very well. Like could X good player have won this game for my spot? And almost always it's yes, because there's just fundamentals that I don't do well enough, right? I don't get enough of a lead in top lane. I don't punish the lead that I have in top lane. I use my TP improperly in situations. I don't ping my teammates and give them the communication tools that I do have available, right? Um, And I think that's helped me understand how to win games more, which maybe that's like a higher ELO concept. I don't know if it's super useful for like the majority of players, but for myself, like I think it's been very helpful. I mean, I'm D1 like 80 points on my my smurf right now um and i feel pretty good about it like i I, i've started like kind of just getting myself into the spot where it's like i get whatever lead i can get there's some lanes that i can't get leads in and then i know the definitely helps them one trick i i know the spots where my character is the strongest uh currently right now all points of the game because my character is busted um but then I try to abuse those and get my team ahead. And if, I, if I'm if i not able to abuse those things and not able to get my team ahead, it's kind of my fault. Um, and I think that's helped a lot. So I don't know. if that, if I, I think it's the most clean to think about that as an AD carry though, right? Like Because that's a pure mechanical skill role, I think, a lot of the time. Um, and fuck, if, yeah, if you really yeah, don't think... think X pro AD carry could win games for your spot, then like... And I'm not saying that you should be able to win like because you're not that pro player. But the idea is that you probably have the agency to win if you play better right yeah right yeah again you don't need to be as good as kuma yushi to let's say win and i think this email yeah emerald yeah but right like there were things you could have done differently Mm -hmm. and you know when you talked about this exercise i you know mentioned like okay scale it a little bit start with that like kuma yushi have won from here could like you know dan man right like a yeah low gm like high masters ad carry have won from here could you know a d1 ad carry player could yeah. they have won from here could a you know a, a d4 ad carry have won from here and you know you probably don't know the answers to all those questions but it's probably like yes 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 probably maybe okay m- maybe here right and it's like it's what, way more an exercise in agency, is... right? Like understanding yeah. your agency. Um, and I feel like that's something yeah. that a lot of people don't consider. They just go, well, my team fucking sucked and that's all I can do. Uh, when in reality is like, well, there's probably a lot that you could have done, right? I'm not saying that you you should have, you should be required to do this. Sometimes your team just throws the game and maybe you don't need to fucking put in the extra <laughs> like hours to win that game. Yeah, and it's also fine that like, you can just lose that game. Like you don't have to. Yeah go god mode solo carry it it's like okay cool ff go next and play 10 more games and that one loss will be like negligible yeah either it's just good to have a healthy mindset i know it feels bad if people tell you that so i i do agree with your like mindset there uh zil um yeah it never feels good yeah i wish you the best of luck though i think you can get diamond for sure congrats um is it mine or is it yours yours right uh i think it's me yeah Hey, Leadcast, it's Leroy. I don't really have any opinions on the roundtable this week, but I thought maybe uh, I just will talk about how the stereotypical, the stereotype of League players is that we don't have much social life, but every time I play League with friends, they almost always talk about being active and having fun. The only exception of no life is toxic <laughs> shits and 80 carry players. Where do you think the stereotype comes from? I think it's because League's just like one of the, maybe I'm overstepping, it's one of the few 
I'm going to use the term sweaty, sweaty competitive PC games that's popular, is, is as popular as it is, right? There still are sweaty PC games. Like, you can still play StarCraft 2. But StarCraft 2 isn't as mainstream as League of Legends, right? Like, League's a pretty fucking yeah. sweaty game for how popular it is. <laughs> yeah, and, like, if you look at the highest level of League of Legends, like, what do you see? People who devoted hundreds and thousands of hours to grinding, playing on their own, getting better, and a lot of times not doing other things in order to do that, right? Like, there's, you know, plenty of streamers who are, like, you know, let's say very physically fit or very social, but it's like, if you look at mainstream League of Legends, what do you see? A bunch of nerds who spend all of their time playing video games and, like, probably don't do a whole lot else, right? Like, and that... Not not to say, that, like, that's a bad thing. Like, I'm not flaming Faker because he doesn't, like... I don't know, have a hobby that he does every week, which he might, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but right, like that's like generally the public face of League of Legends is these players who put in like so much time to get very good at this thing. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of League of Legends players who, who don't do that. Um, but I think those are the more public ones typically. Yeah, I think that's fair. That, that develop that. Cool. Um, next is from Big Mike. Thanks, Leroy. Um, hey, Leak LCC. Um, I really enjoy the idea of the mid challenge that you guys put forward. The split, obviously, the wheels came off the challenge, but it really started because you guys are busy with new jobs, etc. I have a proposal for next split. For next split, each cast member plus played their most hated champion to Emerald Four. Would be interesting to hear your opinions on the champion before, during, and after the challenge. And the lower rank uh, finish line should hopefully mean that you don't have to commit such uh, so much time to the challenge. Please let me know what you guys think and keep up the great work. Big Mike. Um, so I, I, I like the idea. I don't think we're going to do this. Um, I think there's a chance that we do a role like AD carry um, if we do something like this again, because I think AD carry is the role that we have the most complaints about low agency. So I we might be the most out of touch. I think Colton plays a lot of AD carry still, but I also think that like playing it and learning maybe more traditional AD carries might be a eye-opener to all three of us uh with regards to how ad carries view the game um so i know nick suggested that i'm not sure if he suggested that in our group chat or just to me colton but he was like talking about that a little bit of that being an idea um if we do something and if yeah. we might just not I do mean, something I'd, <laughs> I'd be i'd be down to to do it um yeah thanks for the email big mike next one is from lord of sunlight Hey, Galaxy Brained Trio duo today. Uh, it's Lord of Sunlight here with my annual response to another listener's email regarding toxicity in League of Legends. Oh, also, specifically, just quickly, uh, so Lord of Sunlight, I also cut down your email a fair bit. It's still the longest email that we have in the document, but uh, I did cut it down by like half, but I didn't cut out any of your main point. I think I, I think I did a good job editing it. So, uh, so it's just okay. like it was just double like this. So. Yeah. Uh, specifically from the community member Undertone in his email two weeks ago. To put it plainly, I take offense to his stance and think his ideology showcases precisely why League and online gaming at large suffers from such rampant racism, sexism, hate speech, and other general unpleasantness, uh, unpleasantries that have become so prevalent in today's digital world. 
Without delving too deeply into my own personal views, as Undertone is quick to point out that everyone is entitled to believe what they want in the USA, some topics warrant acknowledgement regardless. Uh, so paragraph. Uh, it is important to recognize that the generalization of groups of people and the way in which one discusses them has power. Undertone starts off uh, starts one of his criticisms of having to interact with furries and LGBTQ plus people in Riot Games Discord with whether you like it or not. Um, it's one thing to personally dislike associating with people that identify as a specific gender. It's another thing entirely to make it a throwaway line that openly acknowledges one's detest for an unchangeable fact of nature and the people that find themselves at the other end of one's moral superiority. Further, he argues that games like CSGO enjoy voice chat because there is an, the expectation that people will use harsh language and that nobody takes it personally when someone calls them a slur. Firstly, this argument's preposterous. No one enjoys being called a slur, period. Secondly, do we really want to play a game where there is an expectation that voice chat will be a chorus of racism, sexism, and homophobia? To turn what is a fantastic game filled with skill expression and opportunities for cooperation into a cesspool of name-calling and relentless flaming based on one's accent or perceived gender through a microphone, voice chat may resolve some anonymity from those who would abuse it, but it is exponentially more difficult to police and has the tendency to embolden the most malicious of actors. Uh, above all, I hope that my email is heard by the many listeners of the podcast that identify as part of furries, LGBTQ+, and generally speaking, people who tend to be more sensitive towards words and or bullying. You're not alone. I have found the Leadcast community time and time again to be exceptionally welcoming, inclusive, and positive in nearly every interaction, as they showed so eloquently in their responses to the email. Our hosts have done a masterful job creating a community whose bedrock consists of love for a game and a seat for everyone at the table, forever your humble servant, Lord of Sunlight Esquire. Hell yeah. I, I really liked your response. I also like, I read the full thing. Um, I know Nick also read the full thing. Um, I think it's very well written. Um, I just didn't want to obviously include some of it for, I'm sure, reasons that you understand. Um, but I, I appreciate your response. I, I think we are very like-minded. Yeah, thank you for the contribution to the conversation. Uh, always appreciate it, Lord Sunlight. Cool. We have our next, where our favorite emailer, uh, Large Dad. He says, evening, gents. You already know what time it is. Uh, but first, a message to my fans. I want to apologize for the lack of fantastical large dad certified dad jokes these last couple of months. It's been quite busy uh, over uh, that time, taking time away from league and away from gaming. Just enjoyed life outside the house. So without further ado, what do anniversaries, the clitoris, and the toilet bowl all have in common? Men miss all of them. Until next time, won't say next week because there's no guarantee I'll send one in, but you know how it is, large dad. So I didn't miss his jokes, but I did miss him sending emails in. So... <laughs> I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, next email is from Ivy. Hey, Ivy here. Wanted to chime in on the Swiss format discussion from last week. The points you guys made about how this is not the most fair format are entirely correct, but I don't think that that should be or is Riot's actual goal. Ultimately, the number one team will win Worlds, but aside from that, the Swiss format does bring some more luck and variation to those teams in the middle. I think this is amazing for the tournament. It's way more interesting to watch, way more fun and close matches, and an NA slash EU team cheating their way into a quarters or semis match would surely be incredible for viewership. At the end of the day, Worlds should primarily be for entertainment, with competitive integrity only a secondary goal. Teams getting either lucky or fucked over by the seeding is great for building stories and drama, and I'm all for more of that. 
If KR4 and CN4 get unlucky, those regions still have three other teams representing them at the tournament, and having a more international knockout stage is uh, much more interesting. Also, you can't get unlucky if you just win your games. These are opinions, uh, if it wasn't too obvious to anyone listening. Um, Mad versus NRG and G2 versus Weibo was absolute peak content. Worlds gets two thumbs up for me so far. Thank you always for the content, Ivy. I agree. I think the only thing I disagree with here is that like competitive integrity should be a secondary goal. Mm-mm. I Mm-mm. I think it needs to be 50-50. I've already spun my random wheel, Colton, and NRG versus Weibo tomorrow. They're playing uh, the game mode called point and click. Yuck. Uh, where you're only allowed to pick champions who have three plus non-targeted abilities. Oh, okay. So that's what they're doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's... I mean, it, it is like a, a difficult question where it's like it is an entertainment product and a like in the top level of competition for this hobby or this activity. Um, but I I think it's pretty well established that in things like this, like competitive integrity has to come first um, or at, at least should. Um, you know, I, I think rightfully so if if we were like I don't, let's watch like the the world series is happening right now let's use that you know it's it's the world series and there is like a call that an umpire made that clearly was one way but they decided to, to take it the other way because that's a better story people would be up in arms right they're like this person was it was safe he made it you know and clearly you can see that the person was there three seconds early they're like, nah, no, nah, we're gonna say that it's safe because it's it's more entertaining. It's a better story. It's like, no, that that wouldn't stand in that world, and I don't think it should yeah. stand at, at this level. But again, if like in in terms of what's happening here with like the seating, it doesn't affect the competitive integrity of the tournament overall, which is the point that I do agree with. Like you're saying, the number one team is gonna win worlds or at least would typically win worlds of you know based on this format it would be an anomaly if the if the best team didn't win the tournament because of some weird swiss shenanigans yeah i also i understand i i think there's some level of hype which i understand it's just more i definitely value the competitiveness more than the fun upsetness but i understand both right like it's the same reason why like Riot won't put double elimination in, right? They, they like the idea of an upset, right? Um, I And so do a lot of fans. Yeah. Like, I, I personally think it doesn't make any sense, but, like, I, I can get in the mind of someone who does where it's, like, um, fucking DRX, or DRX last year, um, they they beat T1, and then T1 has to gets to play them again, right? Because it's double elimination. And it's, like, they... Pr- probably don't win that and maybe that's less hype i personally think it's better because i'd rather see two really good series of league of legends um more good league of legends I, is what i value but like i also do understand where people are at least coming from right they like the upsets that's where they get their value out of the game yeah and i think right that that value proposition is different from viewer to viewer um where i think you and i much more heavily weight the competitive integrity of the format and like wanting the best team to win and the entertainment of the product is rooted in there. Like I, Mm -hmm. I will not enjoy a worlds that does not have competitive integrity, regardless of the storylines that are happening there. Um, We joked about that fucking Reddit thread, the fucking best of 271 between 
JDG and Genji, dude, there's some merit to like having like a best of like 20 between two really good teams. Like that'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, th- I think best of 20 would be a little bit much, but like if they did like best of five, best of threes yeah, or something like that, or like, you know, best of three, best of fives. Yeah. Right. Like I, I would be all there for that tournament style. Three days in a um, row, they play best finals. of five against each other, dude. That'd be so sick actually. Yeah. That'd be so sick. Uh, especially because, like, yeah, in League of Legends, right, like, you play five games on a day. Yeah, that, dude, that'd be so sick, actually. It's actually such a sick fucking format. <laughs> yeah, and, right, like, you you could potentially end it in two, which I think part of it is also, like, how the the format exists, where I think maybe they, they don't want to risk the, the thing that can happen, like, with World Series and, and such, where it's, like, okay, let's say, you know, best team just wins the first two days, best of threes. Now everyone who bought tickets for that next day, it's like, do we give them all refunds? Do we just say too bad, so sad? Like, how do we deal with this problem? Like, okay, if I refund the ticket, you maybe still took a flight and got a hotel. That that sucks for you. There's going to be a lot of people complaining about that. It's a big thing Um, in hockey for like uh, playoffs and stuff is like, because it's the best of seven. Um, So there's like lots of, theories that games are thrown to bring it closer to seven games because there's a shitload of money to be made in fucking <laughs> selling <Yeah>. days <laughs> like but uh, yeah, know, it's, it's the same thing yeah but cool yeah. All right uh, great email. email ivy uh next is from hog he says hey leadcast i've been listening to leadcast for a few years and now have, re- have now reached emerald thanks to changing a few things and following modified modified process from broken by concept and wanted to share my journey i started playing lee a few years ago in 2020 and absolutely fell in love with the game and uh first learned by spamming arrows with friends 2022 was my first real ranked season in which i climbed to sil- climbed to silver with a pretty minimal amount of games sub 50 I started listening to Broken by Concept and Leadcast around that time and made a goal of 2023 to get to my goal of gold. Split one, I was able to reach gold with about a 53% win rate, eventually locking in my main Gwen top and was happy with my progress. This split, my goal was emerald, uh, as with the new ranks. My understanding was that gold four, where I ended up, was now approximately plat four, so I wanted to be so I wanted to be what plat was, so I would need to be emerald. Uh, so I wanted to switch to eighty carry as I absolutely love the role due to the stress of the role crisis. Um, it is incred- incredibly unforgiving, requires you to know your limits and space well. I am happy to share that I have already reached my target goal of emerald with a 57 percent win rate which i followed a modified progress i do not usually play in three blocks so uh so to say usually i get home from work and play until i want to get off or until i feel like i'm not at the top of my full focus um but usually ends anywhere between two to five games some days i uh, can get up to nine games with breaks of course that's a lot uh i do minimal reviewing as well if there are things that i want if there are things i see I want to see what went wrong or right uh, or I don't know why. I will hop into a replay. What really helped me in my climb has been a few things I've heard on here that I wanted to share about how important it was. The first thing, of course, is having a cha- small champion pool. This split after switching AD carry, I basically exclusively played Zeri and Zaya, which has really helped me identify my limits of the champion 
uh, sorry, limits and champion strength. The second thing I did was not listen to music uh, while in ranked. Uh, while it can uh, work for some people, I noticed that after turning my music off, I was able to focus a lot more on map and what was happening. The third thing was having an unbreakable mental. Um, I never FF, I do not type, I only ping. If a teammate starts flaming, I'll simply mute and move on. The only thing I type is to specifically call something out, uh, such as five mid with Baron, etc. Uh, or if someone, someone asks a specific question. The final thing is, which is huge, uh, I stopped playing my mains in normals. I absolutely love playing normals with my friends, um, but it's very important not to play your main in norms. For me, I'm a higher rank than my friends, so if I play Zarya and Zaya, uh, more often than not, I was 1v9 as the lobby's lower ranked. What this does is it builds bad habits uh, as you will get away with more mistakes, and you'll go unpunished and get built, and you can build bad habits. Instead, I normally you'll either play champions that I never play, like Lucian or Caitlyn, or most of the time a different role. I can't see, I can't wait to see how high I can get the split. Thank you guys for all the hard work you put into the podcast. P.S. Uh, please stop sucking at Worlds NA just once. Best wishes, Hog. Congrats. I imagine he probably sent this before NRG made it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, dude. So your wish came true. Dude, there's a fucking funny Reddit post. It was like, uh, it was talking about like how there's only five perfect pickums left. And it was like, someone's like, hey, I don't have perfect pickums, but I did predict NRG to get through. Um, I thought they were a Chinese team. <laughs> 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 That's so funny. That's <laughs> so good. Um, anyways, I think this is a great post. Um, congrats on the rank climb it's awesome i like your small champion pool um i completely agree with no um music one thing that i think broken by concept really talks about a lot which i agree with is that the amount of mental stack in that league of legends requires is crazy high to play it at the max right like there are infinite things you can be thinking about and doing at any point there is no lull states in league of legends right if you're walking back to your lane you should be thinking about what your opponent's doing what they're building uh where they're gonna go when you should be using your next tp how you should be pushing out the wave how you should be setting up the wave, what the enemy team's trying to do with the wave like there's just infinite things that you should be thinking about that like like music's one thing like fucking i think that distracts you but two like people try to like talk like if we talk in discord while we're playing right that is worse than just full grind lord like by yourself in your own head um if i'm trying as hard as i can i talk about every single play that i'm going to make like out loud while i'm playing by myself <laughs> like and it's just like dude there's so many things you need to do like anything that can distract you can just like fuck up your play so i completely agree with that um other than that i think he's I mean, everything sounds good. I don't think reviewing is, like, super useful until you get to higher ELO. Um, but that's fucking awesome. Um, I personally don't agree with, like, the bad habits in normals, but I also understand where you're coming from for it. Like, it it definitely can happen if you... Like, I find it happens a lot if I, like, play a bunch on a smurf. But I think that's just more, like, less specific for, like, for my characters, but just, like, I start playing more sloppy and less refined than if I was only playing on D1 plus accounts. Um, but it's, like, less champion-specific for me, at least. Yeah, I mean, I agree for the most part. Um, again, like Aiden said, congrats and uh, good luck on continuing to climb. Next email is from Saigonic. Hey there, y'all. It's been a while. Glad to be back. I wanted to speak about the ping system and toxic chat. I use pings a lot. I play engaged champions, and I like to assume the role of shot caller. I ping on my way a ton to signal roam or upcoming engage. I ping vision often. And when there's a priority target, I ping them to ensure team focus. When my team listens, we do so much better. I ping their portrait when they make good plays. But I will openly admit that also I get upset and use my ping ally dead when they do something stupid. I never use the bait ping or the push ping though. Uh, 
I haven't received a punishment ever or a warning from my chat, but I'm not a saint. I've said some things like, imagine having a mid laner or zero damage Zeri, more than I'd like to admit. I really like the recent changes to the ping system. I personally feel less toxic and I can still ping my ally alive when they do something great. The communication tools that I've used for positive effects are still there and the ones I abused are gone. My main problem with the communication system is when players instantly mute themselves and all communication with the team the second a game starts. I completely understand why it exists, but this is a team game and not being able to communicate at all with my teammates makes it so much harder to coordinate. Uh, but beyond asking players to mute at the first sign of toxicity rather than at the start of the game, I don't have a solution. I also feel like the vast majority of my interactions in chat are positive and friendly. Of course, I occasionally get the horrible person, but it's more rare than the League of Legends community makes it seem, and I can mute them individually. I can't remember the last truly despicable person I've played with, but I can recall many bits of friendly banter or friendly rivalries forming. I've seen many, many more jokes of good job team than uh, KYS or waste of oxygen type messages. My girlfriend is new to the game, and even though she has often found herself as a weaker member of the team as she's learning, she also agrees that typically communication is more positive. I'm most likely in the minority of this, but I truly like the community I play with. It's not the best game community I've been a part of, but it is much better than uh, everyone online seems to make it. There are many good-hearted content creators and communities like Summoner School that show how kind and welcoming the League player base can be. I hope Riot continues to fight negative communication while empowering positive communication with changes like they made to the pings. Until next time, thank you for being one of those positive parts of the community. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I again, would agree that like overall people and people in League of Legends are, are generally more positive. There's just like that disconnect in your brain where negative experiences are typically going to be like more prominent right if i play 10 games and i have nine games with nothing bad good communication and, and one game where somebody was like really toxic i'm gonna remember that one game not the nine good ones yeah typically i agree i, I think it's i think it's a great email fantastic yeah, for sure Cool. Next is from uh, MathCat0, a.k.a. Nathan. Uh, hey, LeagueCast professional lurker here, and I haven't emailed in a while. But, uh, I listened to your casual versus hardcore player episode. I wanted to respond to the discussion and maybe rant uh, about the Swiss format at Worlds. I wanted to offer a different perspective. I was excited to watch some Worlds, but my interest started to fall off around at the Swiss as the Swiss rounds continued because they were mostly teams I didn't know much about. And I was once again... Once again demoralized as western teams got most uh, got cr mostly got crushed eh, spoilers incoming uh however my interest was immediately uh renewed when i found out that nrg made quarterfinals and i started watching vods again i was also moved by how hyped the na casters uh were for an na team making quarters for the first time in years while i don't disagree with you that it, uh that the highest quality of league of legends would be pl played if we didn't have any eu teams in quarterfinals it's uh it seems clear that riot riot wanted to achieve more more from worlds than just high quality league yes i agree uh you have talked repeatedly in other episodes about the decline of lcs and your sadness about it uh what if some international success renews uh some interest in the uh, lcs the fact that swiss is still randomly chosen seems to me like a great balance of allowing some variance in teams that uh, advance while still ensuring that plenty of top teams get into the top eight and one of the best teams in the world wins the tournament. I'm happy with the format, and this seems to fall in the category uh, of what most casual viewers hope from Worlds. 
and what hardcore viewers want from worlds. Thank you for, uh, thank you for you awesome, for your awesome content. I especially enjoy Nick's generally empathetic, empathetic perspectives. Don't let it get to his head. Uh, but you're all awesome. Sorry for the length of this email. Best regards. I think, I think he's nailed it. Like it is a good mix, right? Like it's definitely not perfect, but like it's still fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's definitely fun. You know, we, we've, we've talked about it in depth multiple times. I also think one other, I guess, point I would make is that I feel like I'd be more okay with like slightly lower competitive integrity in the format if we got more than one good international tournament a year. Like we, we have like maybe one and a half. I, I don't know how much you care about MSI. I generally don't rate it, it super highly it's still weird that it's only one team i think that's like the only issue like the format this year at msi was better than the format worlds right from competitive integrity um it's just like still like having one na one au one lpl one lck team is weird when i think most people understand that if you were to rank the top 10 teams in the world it would be like lpl lck one through seven you know what I mean? And then, like, maybe, like, G2, yeah. and then, like, another LPL team, and then maybe another LCK. Like, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's hard to say that's a competitive tournament when eight out of the top ten teams aren't there, right? Yeah, and, and that, you know, in the vast majority of years, if you take the top ten teams, probably there's one LEC team, one NA team, or, or let's just say there's there's probably two Western teams in the top ten, there is very rarely a Western team in the top five. Yeah, that's completely fair. Right, where, again, like, if you're just trying to get the best games out of the best teams, there's no need to in- invite 9 and 10 in a lot of cases. But, again, yeah, that, that, that doesn't make a very fun tournament for a significant portion of the viewer base to watch. Um, I do think, yeah, with NRG, like, making it to quarters, that will hopefully give a little bit of boost to uh, LCS viewership. I, I don't know if it's going to be that significant in the grand scheme, but can't hurt. Yeah. Dude, my fucking dream uh, tournament is having like an NA versus EU thing where it's all 10 teams and you play like, um, fuck, what's the thing in like uh, fighting game tournaments where, um, fuck, it's like, uh, it's like gauntlet. all people from like the same region, you know what I mean, play like, with like a total number of stocks um I, I, fuck i don't know specifically fighting games. i'm yeah. thinking a gauntlet where it's like c9 plays eu teams until they lose and then yeah. they get swapped out for liquid yeah so like it would be like yeah you have te- team 10 versus like the 10th seeded team versus 10th seeded team from na and eu and they play a best of three and the winner then plays a best of three versus like the ninth team and then if they beat them they play against the eighth team but if they lose then it, the eighth team plays against the ninth team and it's like until you go through all the teams that'd be so fucking sick yeah i think i think doing all 10 teams would maybe be a bit much but if you took like top five i think that would be doable and sick doesn't you need to be a best of three dude like literally just take like it could the, be best of ones yeah until like i was gonna say like give each team two lives right so, like, you have 20 lives on NA and 20 lives on EU, and you can, like, you like uh, whatever team has to lose twice, right? So, even if, like, you go, uh, whatever, like, you play, they each, the, the, goes 1-2 or whatever, the next day, you can beat them once, and then they're out. 
Like, because they, they already lost one life the day before. There's so many cool things you can do. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that could be a really fun tournament. Again, not not about competitive integrity, but just about like letting these teams play against each other and have it be entertaining. Oh, dude, you get so many viewers, dude, because fucking people love NA versus EU rivalries. <laughs> yeah, they do. All right. Uh, next email is from Site. Hey, it's Site here. Just wanted to say uh, to Nick that I know you lost CLG, but the spirit of that team is out here proving that better coaching staff can still uh, beat having the better roster. I actually enjoy it. This may revolutionize the way we see the value of coaching uh, over individual players. What do you guys think about it? So I, I believe he's talking about uh, the NRG yeah. win over g2 where on paper nrg should have lost that um you know i i think i i haven't watched the series but based on what you were saying about it like nrg won draft both games pretty significantly um as well as probably overperformed yeah they played fucking awesome like they actually just played good league of legends <laughs> yeah which is is sick to see i i do think though there definitely is a lot of value in like strong coaching staff, strong draft decisions. Um, and I think, yeah, even at the highest level of league of legends, like the world's tournament, you still see certain decisions that are baffling. We're like, Oh, they just keep letting him get rumble. They just keep letting him get Cassante. Yeah. So like the, the joke about energy's coaching staff is that like, they have like the biggest coaching staff. Like they have, um, like their manager, they have a head coach, they have a coach, they have two strategic coaches, they have five positional coaches, and they have like three analysts. <laughs> like it, it, it's pretty crazy, um, and it seems like it's working. So, <laughs> cool. Um, do you want to move on to the next email? Yeah. Cool, and this one's from Casey Stranger. It says, Howdy, LeagueCast host. I've got a random hypothetical that will hopefully make for some fun discussion. Here's the scenario. The three of you, along with two friends, play an exhibition match against JDG. The other two players must actually friend, not random ringers. Uh, the prize pool for a win is $10,000. The twist, you can spend $5 to increase JDG's ping by one millisecond, up to two seconds total. So uh, at the high end, you can spend $10,000 to play against JDG on 2,000 ping, but then you get no money. If you spend $5,000, they have 1,000 ping, and so on. Assuming, assume that you have zero ping. The question is, how much money do you spend? Kind of silly scenario, but I think it's interesting to consider how much ping actually matters. Um, so we'd obviously take like, like Dan and like Trevor, right? That'd be like our roster. Um, I don't think we ever win. <laughs> Dude, I don't think we win with 2000 ping. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if we lose at 2000 ping. I, I don't, I don't think we win at 2000 ping. <laughs> okay. I think we can maybe take um, a game in like a best of 10. Like it's, it's definitely a hard question. So I, I guess a couple clarifications that I think make a big difference is does JDG know that they're going to have this ping going into the game. Yeah. Cause I think fair. like the characters the they play significantly <laughs> matters. Um, and yeah, it's, I think tough. if they know, I think we never win. <laughs> I, I think if they know it's going to be difficult, I, this is really hard. Cause like in my mind, I, I ping doesn't really matter that much, but like, if you're at a thousand ping, I, I do think having a one second delay on all of your inputs is very punishing. 
Um, I mean, I probably would go for like a thousand ping. I I think because also there's a certain point where it's like if we if we spent all ten thousand putting them on two thousand ping and we lost <laughs> like that just feels bad right but if we if we if we're at least playing for a prize pool and we lose it a thousand ping where it's like ah, i guess i guess we just weren't good enough yeah i i think i would go for something like a thousand ping um I, I would go for a zero ping yeah and we just beat them yeah we just beat them because we're so fucking good <laughs> That's a that's a good question though. Thank you, uh, Casey. Stringer. Yeah, that's that that is a really fun like hypothetical. I I think honestly, like we were just talking about like how silly tournaments could be a lot of fun. Like having a situation like that would also be so funny at like an NAEU event. I mean, I fucking <laughs> remember watching this YouTube video like ten years ago where like there was like two people and they were doing a 1v1 in like Call of Duty or something like that but they were watching it through their delayed OBS stream um like their own like like a uh, perspective <laughs> so it's like a 3 second delay on everything and dude it was like it's it's funny to watch <laughs> yeah that'd be fun that'd be cool all right thanks for the email Casey Stranger um I think I'm going to grab this one from Zill which is a little shorter and then we only have one other one from Yumi with a gun a little bit longer that we can maybe grab next week. Sounds good. All right, so next email from Zill. Hey there, mentally Zill again. Shorter email this time. I love the competitive nature of solo queue, but rarely am able to find someone I can duo with and break even, let alone climb. There seems to be a common trend among all my friends that uh, very few duos are successful for longer periods. Maybe I'm wrong. Broken by Concept has mentioned this before, though, as well. Anyway, I love playing ranked with my friends, but it's not fun when we lose way more games than we would if we were playing alone. How do you climb as a duo? Do I just need to find the right person? Play cringe strats? Practice more? What do you say sent from my iPhone? Zill. I feel like I have a lot of input on this, actually. I I think it makes sense if you think about it, but if you're to play for a long time, it's because people progress at different like speeds, right? <laughs> like If Colton and I are doing at we're both d4 players and we're doing and i'm climbing or i'm climbing pretty slow but colton's like progressing much faster then we're eventually going to just have this disconnect where i'm a d3 player now but he's actually playing at like a d1 level um so i'm just not keeping up right and it, it, there's a disconnect between our actual skill levels where if he was looking for a duo at that point he would be looking for a d1 duo and i'd be looking for a d3 duo right um and that's just the issue is you need to for duo q to work properly you both need to be playing above your skill level but also progressing at a similar speed um or else you're just gonna have yeah. a disconnect <laughs> like, or you need to be like playing below your skill level like climbing it up or like playing on another account right yeah. so like if aiden and i both you know got new accounts that started in silver and we do it together you're like obviously we're gonna have a very success very high success rate because we're better than that skill level and like and we have communication and benefits, but like, you know, if if we're doing that at, at D one, it's it's not going to be the same thing. Um, yeah. You know. Also, generally, if you're duoed, you're going to be paired against other duos, which are going to increase the difficulty, especially if they are, let's say, like playing cringe strats or have practiced more. Um, I think you know, there's something to be said about 
you certainly alter your play style when you're dual wing, whether that be like you're a jungler and you camp that lane, even though maybe, you know, maybe you get, you gank your top lane duo, even though really this was a bot side game. You needed a strong side bot, but you went top because it's your duo. Maybe it's, you know, oh, I, I know my mid laner is going to get us advantages. So maybe I play a lot slower rather than trying to, to win my own lane top. Yeah, right? for like, sure. There's a lot that can happen there a lot of intricacies i would say yeah you probably have a slightly lower success rate but if you're playing with somebody who is close to your skill level and it's enjoyable the game should be fun you should be able to succeed um but probably reassess if that person is still a good duo partner like often or just detach that from wanting to gain lp right like yeah even if i'm losing most of my games i play with trevor for for example like i'll probably still do it with him because i'm having fun um and then like if i if i really really want to climb and i feel like that's obstructing me then i'll play a bunch of solo queue but i think you actually made a really good point that i've never really thought of is like um yeah if i have a 60 percent win rate playing solo but a 55 percent win rate duoing but duo queue makes the game so much more fun that i play 300 games rather than 100 games like that's meaningful <laughs> like, yeah that's cool that's a good point great thanks awesome. thanks so, for the email zil thanks for the email zil i would say yeah keep keep doing if you're enjoying it um and hey that's it for this episode of league cast again we've got one more email from yumi with a gun that we're going to catch next week uh I'm going to do our little wrap-up, and then we've got our full list of patrons, being that it's the first of the month. But before we get there, we're going to let you know that you can email us at mail at leaguecastpodcast.com. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash kinglardout slash bluebasket or slash leaguecastfrost. Tweet at us, uh, twitter.com forward slash leaguecast or I guess x.com slash leaguecast, facebook.com forward slash leaguecast. Visit our website, leaguecastpodcast.com. Join our Discord. That's where it's really happening. That's where the conversations and the memes and the dog pics and everything's going on. Community nights. It's all there at discord.gg forward slash leaguecast and lastly you can support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash leaguecast speaking of our patrons there's a whole bunch of them including aaron actual yordle adrian aiden alex elise angel holic armis arsonist austin blabby jags blackwack blooper boba solo brady breedable soraka brian Brosif, Brybump, Camurel, Chandler, Chaz, Cheese for Real, Chuzix, Coastal Toast, Colton, Cryo Phoenix, CTURL, Dabular, Danman, Decar, Decopa, Diana, Decarus, Don't Be Creative, Dr. Coconuts, Dr. Herfurfurfur, Dragoon, Drew, Dylan, Easter, Feast, Forever, Finner, Foxloaf, Frozen Ninja, Gabriel, Gunner, Hfire, Herx, I Cosplay, Gragas, Jake, Jamal, Jody, Jay Picante, Jeff, Jesse, Jesse, Jigmink, Joby, John, Josh, Josh, Joyce, Josh, Joshua, Josh, Josh Plank, Joshua, Calzafar, Katie, Chaos, Reaper, Kevin, Kevin, Kieran, Clonamy, Koi, the Monkey Boy, Conrad, Crambone, Landon, Leafide, League Saint, Lacona, Lisp Sync, Little PP, Lucas, Madeline, Man Mannington, Marshall, Mary Makes No Sense, Matt, Max and Mox, Michael, Milkman, Mr. Ginger, Muse Guy, My Balls Your Gin, Mystic Rune, Nathan, Nathan, Nikoj, Nicole, Noah, NYC Poem, Oklahoman 10, Oscar, Panda Bear, Papakush Ivern, Pards Bay, Pocky, Raphael Walter, 
Rattlesnake Jake, Reckless Viper, Red Lefty, Rugby Ninja, RJ, Ryan, Ryan, Sajwani's Baby Daddy, Seth, Shark is Suffering, Stu, Stuart, Sunny, Sunny, T-Hubs, Thane, The Last Samurai, Thomas, Titties and Biddies, Trevor, Tiscotlam, Ty, Ty, Wallace, Womper, Wolf, Wolfie, Wyatt, X-Strong, Yumi with a Gun, Xiaomin, and Zill. That's all of them. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. And thank you so much for listening. That's it for this week's episode. Bye. Bye.